Welcome back, folks. Uh, again, it is Friday night, and our regular guest, Lindsay Walden, is here. Always hey. a pleasure. Lindsay, tell us who you are and what you got. <laughs> I do all sorts of things. Yeah. I um, I heard somebody call it a, being a serial entrepreneur. I think uh. that's me. So I am, I guess, my variety of jobs, a licensed professional counselor. I'm a certified sex therapist, and I do have a private practice. I've sort of scaled the practice down. I'm seeing clients um, a couple days a week, and then the other days throughout the week, I'm doing a variety of things, be it life coaching work and an online setting with some workshops. I've got a number of um, sort of free options that people can sign up for to get a taste of what life coaching is all about. I do some business consulting. I have a weekly podcast. I write a weekly blog, various media things. There's a lot. Excellent. <laughs> Before we get to the first topic, which is about gratitude, yes. give me a little background on this whole idea of life coaching, because okay. frankly, um, on the one hand, I, I laugh at your concept I snicker at it. But on the other hand, I think, wow, no, why should I laugh? I could really use um, yeah. somebody to bounce some things off of, sure. some things to help me. And and you know I'm not serious about this. Yeah, but yeah. I think of the life coach. I'm like, really? But then I think, no, no, mm -hmm. that's probably something that people could really work with. Yeah. So the way I like to describe it is this. Now, different people have different takes on the whole coaching idea, right? So for me as a therapist, I have never been the how does that make you feel therapist. I'm not the person that sits there and listens to someone's problems and goes, hmm, how does that make you feel? Okay. And how does that make you feel? Okay, and then how does that make you feel? That's just not me. I have always been a lot more action-oriented, like, let's get going. Let's start talking. Let's figure out a solution. More like solution-focused, action-oriented kind of stuff. So I didn't even realize that I was doing sort of a hybrid mixture of counseling and coaching already. And about two years ago now, I hired my first uh, life and business coach as a way to say, you know, I've done a lot of traditional therapy, but I felt very stuck. I felt like like there were some elements of things I wanted to attempt or launch or try to do, and I didn't quite know how to put those pieces in place. So reached out, hired someone, and I feel like it's one of the best decisions I've ever made because instead of it being about maybe the diagnostics and trying to uncover things from the past that were potentially beneath the surface, because I felt like I had spent a good deal of like at least a decade or more uncovering that stuff, I was ready to put something into action. So that's how I view the difference in coaching and, and therapy is well, that a, one? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, does a life coach then necessarily have to be a counselor? No, and that's the thing is that not all life coaches are or have the background that I do. I think I sort of bring to the table a mixture of the two because you get my brain regardless of what services you're reaching out for. But I do, ever since I started doing media stuff back in 2011, I would have people that would reach out and say something along the line of, you know, I don't know that I need therapy, but I'd love to come in and just consult with you for a, a little bit. Or, you know, can I ask you some questions? Can I, like you said, can I bounce some things off of you? Can I just get your opinion or maybe some suggestions of potential things I could try? Because it's still not about telling 
someone what to do or giving the solution. It is more about trying to help the person find the solution or put an action plan into place. And so, no, not everyone that does life coaching needs to or even has a background as a therapist. I think the way I approach it, I feel like it's a benefit, but it's by no means a necessity. So we've been doing things for a couple of years. And, I know, and right? you know me well. Mm-hmm. I'm like that uh, drawer of cords that you throw in there that are all tangled together. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. And, and you kind of, so if I came to you, yes. what would you coach me on? If, what were things that you could right. help me as a life coach knowing that I'm this tangled web of mess? So where I start with people, regardless of what services they're coming to me for, I ask them to think about their life as kind of a big picture, sort of like you just said, maybe you're a drawer and that's the the analogy or the description that you use. And I would ask you, I would, I would kind of throw it back on you and I would say, so where do you want to start? And we would then have to evaluate, do you need more traditional therapy? Is it that there is a lot of stuff beneath the surface to unpack? Is there potentially some mental illness of some sort going on that needs to be addressed and recognized and possibly treated? Or are you at a stage where you just feel stuck and you sort of want to unstuck yourself? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you want to get out of your own way and start putting that you know, action steps into your life. So it's sort of this idea of, you know, feeling fearful of something, feeling not quite sure what to do, but leaning into that uncertainty and doing something anyway. I love the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, because it talks about this very thing. Or the way Mel Robbins, who I really admire and look to as someone from a life coaching perspective that has really built a, what I think is a very successful and legitimate business as a life coach and motivational speaker that she'll say, you know, start before you're ready. You know, we can sit there and sort of um, intellectualize and overthink the process of living till we're, you know, just basically let it pass us by, or we can actually start acting because in the process of doing, we actually learn a whole lot about ourselves. We discover what works and what doesn't work. And we start to give ourselves some of that self-compassion and like a a kind of grace almost to say, "I, I may fail, but that's okay. Because if I fail, I learn something about myself. So it's not really failure in that traditional sense. And that's really what life coaching looks like. Is it a way of saying I need therapy, but I don't want to admit that. So I call it life coaching. (laughs) I don't think so, because I think they're different things. I really do. I think in the way that I do it, I combine a lot of the skills into one sort of platform of service offerings, but I really think they are different things. And, and I, and I do know, like I'm going through and have been going through, um, a kind of coaching certification program because I really am a believer in having the right tools to help the right people that come to me, right? Um, And one of the things we talk heavily about is that if you don't have the skills to unpack mental illness, then as a coach, you should not offer those services. Mm -hmm. If, you know, you're not, like I have the specialty as a sex therapist, I do a lot of just relationship consulting with people that might not be traditional therapy, but yet I'm still touching on certain therapeutic topics that I've trained extensively in. So it's about trying to figure out what are your ways that you can serve the people that come to see you for services and how can you best help them live their best life? And that's kind of the way life coaching looks at it versus the therapy model that may be a much more long-term stay in therapy. Like I always knew when people would come to see me, like the average length of time someone stays with me for therapy is somewhere between three to six sessions. And we do. That was like how many long people stay with me on dates. Right. Like three to six of them and then. 
out. We do a whole hell of a lot in yeah. three to six sessions because, I, like I said, I'm very much about the what are we going to do about it stuff. Like, I want to help you process through it. And if that's the stage that you're at, then it might be more than three to six sessions. But on average, that's about how long it takes for people that seek my services to really start to feel that they're making some progress forward. It wasn't until I hired my own coach that I went, well, holy crap, this is what I've been doing. And I had no idea. I've just been doing it through the lens of therapy and adding some additional pieces that might go a bit deeper, but was really doing a lot of the motivational kind of cheerleading stuff that I think a lot of us really need. I know for me it helps because if I have someone to keep me accountable, if I say, I know we're going to talk about a workshop I've got going on later, but if I say, hey, I want to launch this self-help group and I'm a real big idea person, but I have no one to keep me accountable to actually launch said self-help group. It may never happen, but if I have someone on a weekly basis that I'm meeting with, or even if they just check in with me once every couple weeks, hey, what's your progress like? It's almost like it makes me feel accountable, and so that's why the business coaching is also an element of what I offer, because there's a lot of people that are kind of discovering this model that says, maybe the nine-to-five thing doesn't work for me. Maybe that's not my best life. Maybe I get a lot of fulfillment in helping other people achieve their goals, and so as a therapist that has a background in business and marketing, I've been able to build a really successful practice, but I also know how to utilize certain business tools and certain elements of running a business that not everyone learns when they're going through their master's program to be a therapist. So I also see a huge market of people that might need certain services in that realm, which doesn't really have anything to do with me being their therapist, more so being a consultant or a coach that's trying to help them along their journey. Yeah. As a life coach, do you believe in the West Coast offense? Kind of spread it out. <laughs> No yeah, I don't I have to have to come up with my own terms yeah. of what I call things, right? Yeah, but it is. It, it, it's a very rewarding process, and I think we're going to see the field. I, I read an article not that long ago that said the field of coaching and consulting is expected to some. I think it's supposed to like be in the like multi-billion dollar industry in, in just a few years. I mean, it's already exploding, and which is why I think it is important to make sure that whoever you're seeking services from, that you are allowing yourself as a consumer of those services to kind of, you know, process through with yourself. Like, does this feel like a good fit? Because you are a consumer of those services, and you need to make sure that you're connecting with someone that's got a similar focus or that really gets you and understands you. All right. And you're a sex therapist as well. I am. Do sex therapists, are they better at sex? I don't think that's the case. No. no. Although it is funny. Almost anyone that I have ever like dated or wanted to date has always said something along those lines. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, you're giving me a whole lot of credit just because I understand something does not necessarily make me an expert at doing those, those things. Yeah, Um, That's that's like they say, those that can do and those that uh, can't teach. I like to say it this way. I, I always, you know, I grew up in a pretty conservative environment. There weren't a lot of what I would call healthy sexual education resources. Sources. There was a lot more of the don't do it or mm-hmm. it's bad and dirty kind of stuff. But I always had questions. I have always been the, but why? But why? But I want to know more. But mm-hmm. tell me more. But why? And um, I, I didn't have answers. And so as an adult, when I was kind of going through the process of what did I want to specialize in as a therapist, I had a number of things that sort of popped up as interest. And the working with couples and helping them connect the dots literally in their or 
figuratively in their mm-hmm. sex life really interested me and I and I tend to not have a very judgmental filter that I look at things I'm kind of like whatever you're doing I am not going to judge that I want to help you and as long as everyone involved is consenting and you're all on the same page about what we're going for here let's make it work you know and but I do joke that I became a sex therapist to answer my own questions because I, think, I had so many right I think we all say doctor cure thyself right 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 yeah, and um you know but I will say, like, it is funny, like, all the media stuff that I that I will do, it, it never fails. If someone goes, hey, I want you to come on and talk about a workshop, there will always be someone either as part of, like, the crew or someone that calls in or a guest or whatever that's like, so can I ask a sex question? <laughs> and so I've joked that at some point I'm going to write a book, like, hey, you're a sex therapist. Can yeah. I ask you a question? Because I get that a lot. It's funny. Just, just one question. Yeah, yeah right. Which um, turns into more. But yeah. now I have services where if you want to consult, I can do that right all right so what are the things that you are up to this month this at this point in time is a uh an attitude of gratitude you're on a (laughs) uh a a, a daily attitude reaffirmation Mm -hmm. i'm good enough i'm pretty enough no well yeah that's okay again gratitude and we often lack that gratitude we take so much for granted i know i do so Mm -hmm. let me speak for myself yeah and it is so easy i happened to be visiting a client in east st louis the other day and i was driving around some of the the not so nice parts and realizing one that that used to be a great city and it's Mm -hmm. such a shame that it's um you know fallen on such hard times but two uh, we have so much, regardless of really what we perceive to be obstacles, things yes. going on in our lives. We say, oh, why me? Why do bad things right. happen to such a good person yep. like me? Um, you can immediately flip that around and say, why did all those good things also happen to me today? Now, well, that's, that's my point of view. Perspective. Yeah. But um, tell me about what you're up to and how you're going about it. Okay. So going back to that whole, when I, when I discovered that life coaching was helpful for me, I, I hired a coach that was very much about helping me reinstitute self-care practices into my life. Cause that had really fallen kind of way down on my priority list. And I was overall, my mindset was suffering because of it. Some of the things that early on we, we had me institute in my life were, was a gratitude practice. And prior to that, I, I hadn't really given much thought to how much self-care really is involved in a daily gratitude practice. But the more I researched about the topic of gratitude and saw how incredibly powerful of a tool it really is, it almost became a no-brainer that, well, this is something I have to put in my daily life. And in a relatively short period of time, I noticed some pretty amazing benefits from doing a daily gratitude practice. And then sort of the way I've done many of the things in my career, once I find something that works, I want to pass that along to any and everyone that will listen to me because I I want them to benefit also. Um, So the idea of gratitude, I mean, yes, it is about saying, you know, oh, I'm grateful that, you know, I have a glass of water to drink because I'm thirsty. I'm not saying that that's not a form of gratitude. But what I'm talking about when I say a gratitude practice is the intentional, mindful, almost spiritual practice of connecting to the good things in life in spite of whatever dire or bad things are there. 
And that is not always as easy said or as easy done as I just said it. And essentially what happens is that we have to start shifting our mindset and changing that lens that we view the world through because there will always be negative aspects of every single thing that we do or of every day that we live, however you view it. And if we look for problems, we will find them. Our mindset, our brain is almost hardwired to go to the negative because it's sort of a defense. Well, it's sort of a defense mechanism or a, or a safety precaution almost. It's like if I point out all the bad things, then nothing bad can happen or I've already looked at all of the negative aspects of it, so I'm, I'm safe. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I, I know what to expect or it's allowing me to maybe in in theory, the brain goes, oh, well, if I know the bad things, then maybe I can prevent them from happening. It's just like a control aspect of it. And it's not to say that we want to eliminate the negative. I'm not asking people to be fake happy. I'm not asking people to, you know, act as though the bad things aren't there, but I'm asking them to sit with whatever the bad is and go, well, what am I able to focus on to be grateful for in this moment? Talk then, if you would, if you'd like about something, an application of that in your life, what you see and you have done. Okay. So one example could be, um, one of the, okay. So let me, let me, I'll answer your question, but let me first explain this, uh, this daily thing that's going on. It's my, well, it's mine at the moment. (laughs) I think, um, let me explain the, um, the, the thing I've got going on, right. It's an email campaign because a lot of people will go, well, I don't know how to practice gratitude. And if I just, if I say to them, well, just write down three things you're grateful for in your day, that can even seem daunting. So I decided to set up a way where someone can sign up and for 28 days in a row, they will get an email from me with either a prompt or an activity for them to either do or write about in a gratitude journal. And I don't care if it's the back of a receipt. I don't care what you write it on. The process of writing it down helps solidify it into the cognition and it actually makes it more effective more quickly, which is the reason I'm such a proponent of the journaling idea. Mm. But regardless of that, it, it is something about saying, let's just slow this down for a second. Let's take a reflective pause and think back over the day or to think back on something or to give ourselves permission to think through a process. So one of the things I had them do in the first week is think back on a time where you have experienced a struggle or a negative experience, but you can actually find some gratitude either in the moment that you were going through it or since you went through it, you're able to look back on it through the lens of gratitude and find something to be grateful for going through that struggle. I'm a big believer that the struggle is a part of our story. So I know we've talked before on the show about me sharing my Me Too story and Mm -hmm. being very open about that. It might seem very odd if I say out loud, I'm actually grateful for the experience that I went through. That doesn't mean I wanted it to happen. That doesn't mean that if given the choice, I would walk into another situation just like that tomorrow. But the amount of growth, the amount of self-introspection, the amount of healing, the amount of resiliency, the way that I can now use my story as a springboard and a platform to help other people is something I am immensely grateful for. But it took a lot of healing to get to that point. So that's an example of how you slow down the process. You use the lens of gratitude to view whatever has happened because in every situation, there is always something to be grateful for. And that bothers a lot of people when I say that because they want to argue with me and go, nope, everything about this is bad. And that might mean that in this moment, you are not yet able to see 
the good that came from whatever that situation is. Is it possible that sometimes the good has yet to develop? Yeah, right. So that somebody has just kicked me in the shins, and right. at that moment in time, truly, <laughs> and, you know, I'm trying to, I don't see the good in this. Now, right. a little later on, I feel this, oh, you know, I realized I'm not going to die from a kicking in the shins. Sure. And I realized, you know, I actually met the guy, and he was not a, yeah. something along those lines. Sure. But at a moment in time, mm-hmm. that maybe there really isn't anything for that split that you second. you can recognize or that you that can second. focus on. And so that's why it's not about there being one perfect way to practice gratitude. The idea is really to develop consistency. I'll throw some statistics at you because I love research and I don't really try to implement things into the practice I have or with other people unless I feel like there are some statistics to back it up. Keeping a daily gratitude journal for 21 days can start to rewire the, the happiness centers in the brain. Happiness is not a destination. It's kind of a journey. We have to latch on to the happy. Gratitude is the way that we go from whatever the negative is to finding joy in life. And, and it's sort of joy is the pathway to happiness. Keeping a gratitude journal for, I believe the statistic says, keeping a gratitude journal for two weeks has shown to increase optimism levels by as much as 15 to 20 percent in participants. That's a pretty huge jump. If you think about if you're at the lowest point you can possibly imagine, just bumping up a little bit on that scale would be welcomed. You keep doing it and you get more benefit that builds on top of benefit. So it it really is a powerful tool for the cognition. It allows the brain um, to sort of process things in a way that very little else can actually do. It's a very, very interesting thing to see, but yet there's not a lot of, I guess, understanding of the actual practice. And so the way that the challenge works, you you can go to my website, lindsaywalden.com. You can click on the Gratitude Challenge tab, and there's a link to sign up there. Um, you can also, all over my social media, either Lindsay Walden Consulting on Facebook, that's my page, or on Instagram, it's this is Lindsay Walden. That's my like handle there. I have a link in my bio where you just click the link and sign up. And then you'll get an email within an hour of signing up. And then every day for 28 days, you will receive an email from me with information about gratitude practices. So it might be a statistic like I just threw at you. It might be just some, you know, things to think about before you do your practice. And then every activity should take no more than about five to 10 minutes to complete. And then once you're done, go on about your day. It's a way to start implementing a gratitude practice. So give us all your contact information so people can get started. Okay, so if you go to lindsaywalden.com, there is the gratitude challenge link there. Um, And I'll just go back through my social media stuff right quick because there's a bunch of places, right? So you've got facebook.com slash Consulting. That will get you to my public page, which is where I have all of this information. And I'm going live every single day to kind of keep people uh, consistent with this challenge, at least for the first 28 days. Now, if you sign up today, you're going to start with day one. You're not going to start on day eight or day nine tomorrow, right? You're going to start with day one. Um, So the, the lives might not be completely in line with where you are but still it's good information to have um on instagram i am at this is lindsey walden and then on pinterest i am also using it to kind of promote daily gratitude and affirmations and self-care help and those kinds of things relationship tips and whatnot it is pinterest.com slash therapy thoughts or you can just search for therapy thoughts there my blog and my podcast are both linked on my website lindseywalden.com there's a tab for each of those or you can search 
search iTunes for Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay, and it will pop up. There you go. There you go. Everywhere. You you, you can't miss her. Right. It's I am everywhere. The ubiquitous right. Lindsay Walden. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you, Jay. It's always this is great awesome. on Fridays uh, to have you in here. We will be back with a little comedy. You know, we always end Fridays with a comedy. I, I call it a sketch, a little bit of comedy. Uh, gratitude. Maybe you can use it as your <laughs> chance you to be grateful. Uh, St. Louis in the know. Ray Harbin, Jay Kanzler, back in a moment.